Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Wait, we're live. How's it going? Gene Ginsburg here. Uh, Eric Pratt. What's going on? Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice yeah, to be here. Nice to have you here. So I'm super excited. So we connected with Eric um, through the Fast 50, the Denver Business Journal Fast mm -hmm. 50. And both of us were, uh, both of our companies were on the list this year. So congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> I think we represented the really small companies. Yes, the, the extra small. But you know, you got to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. Um, Awesome. So tell us a little bit about uh, your background specifically. Uh, so I'm currently the managing partner at Revenue River. Uh, we're a digital agency. Um, my background is really more on the sales side of things. Uh, I was a sales guy with a marketing degree for a long time and, and uh, uh, worked in the corporate world for, for quite some time. And, and in 2009, basically left it all to, to start the concept for Revenue River, which mm -hmm. was uh, originally an out sourced sales company so we literally okay. implemented sales departments for other organizations um, and then we discovered this cool software called HubSpot in 2012 okay. so we literally shifted the direction of our business uh, went all in um, on a, a, a digital agency model uh -huh. um, and we've been growing ever since that's fantastic that's good to hear so uh, tell us more about the company so it sounds like you the backbone is HubSpot is that correct yeah, so I mean, what HubSpot really represented for us was like a methodology mm -hmm. um, and the, the, the concept that we could repeatedly help companies grow over time um, versus like project to project. As you, as you know, a lot of agencies just sort of work project to project, which becomes very difficult to scale, very difficult to really drive bottom line results because you're only like affecting one little piece of the business. You come in to redesign a website or build a brand book or do their social media. So the, the, the concept of being able to build services around helping businesses grow was was really what we adopted now that's evolved and adapted and grown a lot over the years um, at this point we're pretty much a full-service digital agency we have seven different departments um, we do all sorts of systems related work uh, we do lots of stuff with sales and sales teams sales enablement um, we of course are really strong on the digital side still so lots of content strategy um, uh, lots of SEM uh, paid media things of that nature uh, so so we've, we've really built our agency out from, from those two core tenants of, of like sales innovation and, and digital marketing um, and really expanded our services to doing stuff like this. Uh, uh, really, it's about capturing the experience and helping businesses connect with their ideal client types. Like, Absolutely. how do you go about that? Like, that's the, that's the battle we wage for, for all types of different clients. So there's a lot of, of course, digital marketing agencies out there. And of course, we're, we also are playing that space as well. So yeah. how would you say you differentiate yourself from, I mean, do you mostly lo work with local businesses or, or national businesses, everybody? Sure. Yeah. We're, we actually have very, uh, a, a very small local presence. Um, we literally have clients all over the world. Uh, certainly the majority of them being national, okay. um, our ability to, to serve clients across a wide spectrum is, is great, but I feel like we, maybe we've left some on the table by not really putting ourselves out there in the Denver market. Um, uh, the reality is, as you know, the Denver fast 50 is a growth award. Um, and we have grown 
at an extremely fast pace for, for multiple years. And we've done it really by exercising our own strategies for ourselves. So we don't do any advertising. We do no PR. Uh, we do no prospecting. We don't even make sales calls. Like we literally just have been working business that comes to us. And we've been basically growing at such a furious pace that it's been, you know, honestly hard to handle, right? Like you gotta, uh, uh, so I feel like we have neglected the local Colorado market just because we've been doing the best we can to survive within our growth for, for a while. So in terms of how you're finding clients, you said you don't do any advertising or PR. So, uh, so you're just using the strategies that you're currently using for your clients? clients? Yeah, absolutely. The, con the concept of being found instead of finding somebody, it's like uh, magnet versus blowhorn. Yes. Uh, it's, it's like putting yourself, the, the, the way I see it, the game we all play in the digital world is, is the concept is very, very simply to spread yourself very widely and very credibly mm -hmm. across the internet. So whenever somebody's searching for something, right, um, uh, you can be discovered in a wider range of places. Like that's why businesses should be present on social media. Um, it's not about advertising and beating people over the head with, with like, hey, sign up for a free consultation. Um, it's about just being there and being genuine and being front of mind, right? Like that's all frequency and reach and stuff like that. Like, so um, I think what we've really done is eat our own dog food really well with that. We put out tons of content in all kinds of format. We're very active in every channel we can touch. And, and, and we hope what that, what that means is, is that people get to know our brand, get to know our company, understand our, our sort of unique capabilities. Certainly to answer your earlier question, we're, we're very strong on the technical side of things. Mm -hmm. So being solutions architects and having being able to throw horsepower and brain power at really complex technical challenges is sort of where, where we've really grown. Mm -hmm. So we have become known for that um, with the portfolio of our work and all the stuff that we put out there. And, that, and that's really just driven us a lot of opportunities where companies can say, hey, I see you did this for this company. Can you do this for us? Right. So a lot of it is, sounds like referral as well. Um, you're working with companies and then the referral. Certainly lots of referral business. I think a lot of it is just like um, third party affirmation. Um, when you're really strong on review sites, when you're winning awards, right? Like you, you're, you're able to build some recognition, some visibility like that. Um, but you also have to be worth finding. So you got to get found and you got to be worth getting found. Um, and being, once people land on your website, what do they do? Um, that's all the stuff we specialize as an agency. So, uh, um, that, that that's where we went ourselves. Absolutely. So one of the, you mentioned a little bit about social media. So how have you been social, using social media to get your brand out there to get more clients or, or, or how are you using social media in general? Sure. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I think social is really just another distribution channel. Like the, the, the best part about it is it's, it's where everybody is, right? So it's yes. a very popular channel <laughs> right Every, now. Yes. Everybody uh, sort of where they're spread and stuff like that. Um, we all work to everyone at the agency works to build their own individual brand as well, which is okay. one of the things we always coach. So everybody owning their own social platform or social profiles and places like LinkedIn and all that stuff is important. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we, we do different things on different channels. Um, I, th I think the first part comes with creating something of interest and something of value. And if you can create, I, I think that's why video is so popular, podcasts, uh, Facebook live sync, things of that nature. If Facebook and Instagram are where the audience is and they're getting bored with reading like 
blog articles on seven <laughs> seven steps to like to do whatever. That's so 2006. Yeah, <laughs> and they get to see your face and they get to interact with us and they don't have to do a bunch of long form reading like okay stuff like podcasts and short videos and things like that. Like we we try to produce the content and talk about things that we think is important to our audience, um, things that we think will help them, um, things that we don't necessarily have to do for them, um, but really helping them understand the principles of what we do and why we do it, educating on different topics so people understand what conversational marketing is before they make a decision on is conversational marketing right for my business. Like um, uh, things of that nature is what we go for with our content. And then I really just see social media as just places to share things and interact, right? So try to have a lot of fun on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously at all. Um, uh, we actually just put together a, um, a video uh, submission. We were we were nominated for a video award mm -hmm. for video production and we were selected to be a finalist and they asked for a video submission to, to, to accept the, the finalist position and uh, I, 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 that video, if you watch that video, will make you laugh more than it'll make you think, man, these guys should win that award. Um, we try not to take ourselves too seriously. I mean, we work really, really hard. Um, uh, we're always focused on doing stuff for clients, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's just digital marketing, right? Like um, uh, uh, we have to be able to breathe a little bit in order to really Keeping tap the creative, creative side yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, creative. And, yeah. And, uh, you, I think you're known for your creative side, right? Like, uh, is that how, how do you work so hard for the client and then also recharge? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I was looking through some of your social media uh, from, from the Revenue River side mm -hmm. and yeah, some interesting videos. I saw that one about Halloween and uh, the where it was like a ghost there in your office. Oh yeah, yes, that one yes, was kind of yes, cool. Yes, we are. <laughs> so that so was yeah. really for nothing, right? Like that was literally an idea that one of our a couple of our video guys came up with at lunch, and they just shot it that afternoon. And it was cool. Threw I mean, it out there to see if anybody had any interest, right? But like, very Halloween, you know, very Halloween oriented. So um, you noticed I didn't try to sell you like a thirty-minute free assessment of your business practices at the end of that video, right? Like. I think, I think that's important that we're not that's just true. always trying to sell and always offering as businesses, like what's wrong with just doing some stuff to educate or entertain a little bit without like a yeah. hook on the back of everything. Right? No, absolutely. I mean, you don't always, people don't want, like your consumers don't always want to be sold to, right? So a lot of it is just content, adding value, whether it's entertainment, whether it's educational value. I mean, it could be a number of different things, right? Um, so yeah, we do a lot of that as well. And, and I really enjoy and working with companies and talking to companies who also like that kind of thing where it's in their entertainment or making it, you know, making someone laugh or something interesting or something educational. So I can totally understand that. So um, you were talking about uh, your portfolio of your clients. So tell us a little bit about what kinds of businesses you work with. Sure. So I think uh, there's this huge fad around like being super niched out and like targeting one vertical is like we serve manufacturers by doing this and that's just not who we are. Okay. Um, kind of across the board. We serve many, many industries. Okay. We certainly have lots of industries that we've become familiar over the years, manufacturing, healthcare, technology, SaaS okay. certainly are some areas of strength, but we have found um, that it's much more about specializing in a methodology and a system and an approach that that it is about specializing in a, a specific vertical. Um, we've had lots of clients that we've been super successful with that wouldn't fall into any standard vertical that you might uh, uh, subscribe to, right? So it's like, who like, serves what, them? What would be an example? Uh, it, uh, we have a client that tests nuclear dust. 
Okay. Oh. So the nuclear the nuclear dust uh, industry is extremely small and not very imagine. often targeted, right? I mean, how many how many companies are there in the space? Like yeah, a not, handful, not, maybe not very ten. Many, right. So my my point there is like complex and one off industries need help too. Um, so we don't turn business away because we specialize in, in one vertical, and we found that the methodologies that we use absolutely apply. So we've got like seventy percent of our books is what I would consider to be like complex B2B. Um, and then the rest of our book is some combination of, of B2E, uh, e-commerce or, or, or just straight B2C. So we are, it's very broad in that, like how does the same methodology apply to B2B as it does to e-commerce? Well, it's the same methodology with slightly different tactics and playbooks. Yeah. Um, is the way I would put it. So um, I think a lot of what we try to do is target mindset more than industry type. Um, uh, certainly size and maturity uh, and, and level of sophistication is part of that. Um, but really what we're looking for is companies that have a need to change. A lot of what we do is change management and a lot of who we serve is change agents. And change agents inside organizations that are a little bit larger, they're, they're roadblocked at every turn. They have fragmented ecosystems, they have antiquated technologies, their systems don't talk or report like they need to. And so these people are, are, are realize that, right? And they're, they maybe have some influence beyond their job role. They could be a CMO, they could be like an SVP of sales or something like that, but they're trying to get organizations change and modernization through the through the, their company and we try to come in and show them how to do it and, and and what to do next and how to get there so we're we're really built to support the right mindset within organizations that want to change right absolutely um, that's it's that's definitely a, a big thing that we talk about also is what we call I guess digital transformation if you will mm, absolutely. because uh, there's so many companies out there that never really got to the point where they're using all the technology, the tools, the integrations that are available mm -hmm. um, that allows them to really scale their business. So, so yeah, that's, that's a big one as well for us. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have put off really heavy technology-based infrastructure improvements and advancements. And on the other side, the world is changing so fast. Like literally big companies cannot keep up with the, the change that's happening. And you look at the 8,000 something pieces of software out there and how does an internal person go shop for software? Um, how do you make the right decisions? How do you think big picture and how all this stuff's gonna work together? Like that's just not skill sets that people generally have in house. And, and, and so some level of consultation consultant or expert is really important and software companies are very one-sided in that like they're only trying to sell you their piece of software yeah. so sometimes some of those unforeseen get overlooked and and you Absolutely. get cobbled and you start stacking pieces on top over the years and people come and go so that can get pretty complicated I think from my perspective the digital transformation piece is becoming more and more urgent because at the pace of consumer behaviors change as well like how fast it's changed on the consumer side and what people's expectations are for their uh, companies that they do business with in the digital world. So stuff like customer service, uh, stuff like being present, like Facebook Messenger. Like mm -hmm. if you don't understand the importance of Facebook Messenger as a business, like your your customers are going there and trying to communicate and, with and you. And they're getting, they're getting nothing. Whether you're there or not, right? Like <laughs> yeah. are they getting nothing or are they getting something? So to me, it's like really, really, 
prioritizing the need to compete and win in tomorrow's economy starts with sophisticating there, right? And just really building, coming up with a plan. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be present um, because people who don't uh, like the way that their, their, their brands interact with them, choose other brands. Absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following, where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online. So you spoke a little bit about some of your wins. You won some awards, uh, of course, uh, Denver Business Journal Fast 50. So share a little bit more of your recent wins from the company. Um, pretty much all of us. So the, the, the types of awards that we think are worthy are client after, uh, uh, awards for client work. Okay, so performance-based stuff, of course. The, the more performance-based, the better, in our opinion. Um, culture awards, we take culture really seriously. We work really hard to, to, to build a team and a place that people want to come to work for, and we can uh, attract and retain and develop top talent. So culture awards are really important to us. And then I, I would say more like a lag measure of those things, like client performance and team performance. The lag measure of that is growth. Like that's what comes on the backside of it. So um, we have grown very quickly over the last four or five years, especially. Um, and that's resulted in, in, in a host of growth awards, like the Inc. 5000 back-to-back years. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, Are you going uh, to the show or whatever the conference? I'm not. No, I think it's that, like next happening? week. Oh, yeah, no, okay. Now. I was going to say, yeah. like, it's, like it's already November. It yeah. should be coming up sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a whole other subject, my strategies on conferences. Um, but still a, a, a cool honor, right? Like that's sure. a big point of validation and affirmation just like the Denver Fast 50 here it's like uh, you have to have uh, uh, some level of, of just affirmation that what you're doing is worthy and making an impact to, to win an award like that right yeah absolutely so what, what's your theory and conferences um, yeah. <laughs> not that you kind of touched yeah, upon yeah. that subject I'm yeah just I, sort of, I sort of set myself up <laughs> yeah I mean we're just not a conference agency we don't I know I have a lot of peers that spend a lot of time just traveling around the country going from conference to conference to conference and I think one of the things that's like a pitfall to business is people like falling in the trap of that it has a big cost uh, uh, not only a, a hard cost of the travel but it also the opportunity cost of you being out of the office what mm -hmm. that does for interacting with your team and also the opportunity cost of your time and what could you be doing with it. So I think it's important to do some conferences for like inspiration and direction and vision. But then I think it's really important to spend more time implementing than you do being inspired. And I think a lot of a tendency is for everyone to just sort of travel the conference circuit, being inspired by the big next thing and actually not implementing enough things to get you where you want to go. Um, so as a rule, we don't do a ton of conferences. Uh, we do HubSpot's big conference every year inbound. Um, and then uh, uh, the Inc. 5000 is a fantastic uh, uh, award and, and something certainly, certainly worthy of going for. It just didn't work out scheduling wise this time. But um, in general, we're Do not, you typically go to the conference? I have not been to okay. it. Yeah, both for I, bo both times for scheduling purposes, oh, really. Okay. Not, but you I are- would, but would love going to San Antonio <laughs> and taking my wife on a vacation or something like that, right? 
Um, yeah, I've been to the Inc. 5000 conference. Um, it's it's good, but the, yeah, it's it's just really big. And I think I can kind of agree with what you're mm -hmm. saying in terms of conferences. Is that like I feel like over having done so many conferences over the, all the time that I've been doing digital marketing, it's like it just the big ones you don't really get that intimate feeling and you don't really get to yeah. connect with people as much even though it seems like it would make sense to do to, to actually connect with people but it's like there's so many people there that it's hard to actually make the connections absolutely personally i i prefer a more of like a workshop setting where you're actually digging in not only learning but also applying like i think that's the thing is you go to a conference like that and you see what a dozen speakers how much of that you retain and then apply it's like you might walk out of there feeling like that was a great uh, a presentation I really enjoyed it or that was a terrible presentation it bored me like one way or another what happens from that is sort of the hard question in in the in a setting we could do in a room like this with a with a dozen people with similar challenges trying to accomplish something to be able for you and I to maybe talk on the topic for five or ten minutes and then dig in hands-on with them I, I know that doesn't scale as easy for something like Inc 5000 but I certainly find more value in either side of the table I'm sitting on in smaller settings Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. Which kind of asks, um, remind me of a question. So do you, are you part of any masterminds? It sounds like what you were describing was kind of similar to a mastermind. Are there sure. ones that you, that you found that are helpful for your business or for you or personal growth? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best way to do mastermind is with peer sets and, and peer sets to me has, has been, as I've been learning how to, uh, build and run an agency is like, my peer set, the HubSpot community is fantastic. I've got dozens of agency owner friends that I've made over the years and I've, I've really sort of masterminded out in several ways. I have recurring calls with a lot of them where we just talk business or topic based. Um, we do, we've been running a concept here for uh, about five years now called an agency swap where we basically do home and aways with each other's agencies. So right now, literally a couple of my people are in Sarasota, Florida, learning from another agency friend of mine. Um, who was at our, uh, was in Colorado two weeks ago, right when that big blizzard hit? Yeah, they were here from Sarasota, Florida, so that was lovely. Um, but so like, do you like do a knowledge exchange? Absolutely, like yeah. Okay. We literally go through everything we do, department by department. This is how our agency operates. This is everything we do. This type of clients we serve. So it's real deep dive, pull back the curtains, everything. And um, I think you learn in the process of teaching the concept of teach to learn. But I also think we have always learned a lot from the agencies we visit as well um, and a big uh, you know a big sort of influence on the shape and way we go about business is what I've learned in those mastermind group settings so I'm a huge proponent for mastermind groups um, there, there's other ways to network that out right like you can do um, a peer group around entrepreneurs if you're if you want to know more about like managing a sales team the financial side of things you know sort of like business elements that don't necessarily apply to your exact type of, of business um, so peer networks and like both of those ways I found to be very helpful. Great. Yeah. Um, any recommendations for ones in Denver? Um, no. Or is it just more like your network is part of yeah, your network? I, I actually uh, um, went to one on Friday okay. that I really, really enjoyed, but for the life of me, I can't remember the name. Okay. It's an acronym. It was like RLS or something like that. Oh, well, you'll, you'll have to tell me more. Uh, about yeah, that yeah. Later. I'm really sorry. I'm no, really that's sorry. okay. I was just curious. Dallas, I apologize. I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> That was very um, nice. Yeah, because I'm just always looking for also whether it's entrepreneurship or just something related to the industry. Yeah, I, I, I know Chambers do a really good job with that. Uh, we've 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 
been in a couple different chambers. Um, I, you know, I've never found one in Denver that was a tight enough peer group to give me the value. Really? Right. Like that's just been my experience. And I don't, maybe that's because I haven't looked hard enough. Um, but when you ask for advice, I wish I could give you the awesome one right here, but almost all of mine are, are very, very remote, which sometimes is cool because you can sum it, right? Like, yeah, it's like, absolutely. Hey, let's all go get together in, in a cool place. Yeah. Let's go to Tahoe for <laughs> yeah. a couple of days and, and, and do a, um, a, a mastermind group. Right. So I think there's certainly opportunity in this marketplace from what we've discovered. Well, if you I, and think, I don't know what about am I hearing? It, business opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you got a couple members that might be willing to join. All right, absolutely. Gene, if you want to put that together, just let me know. I I think I might. I'll show up. I'll show up for hors d'oeuvres and cocktails. If you're if you're if you're interested in being part of it, I'm. You know, you always got to find the business opportunities, right? <laughs> I mean, to me, that's the first thing that comes into my mind when you reached out is uh, we're, we're, we're peers in many ways. And there's certainly potential that we could be competing for clients against each other, uh, certainly in the future, right? Um, but I just feel like you you grow and improve by sharing and learning and opening yourself up more. Absolutely. Like it's it's the abundance principle versus know, the, scarcity the scarcity principle. I totally agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Like who knows what we have to offer offer each other in in friendship or in competition or whatever and if i lose a client to you in the future it's probably because of fit it's probably because because we're very very different right so i mean absolutely why would i hold so close to the chest what little intellectual property i may have like how am i ever expecting to get anything from anyone else if i have that attitude well we all have different methodologies too i mean yours is a certain way and just from your experience you know this is the way you work with clients and i can you know even though we kind of do the same thing where it's just whether it's social media or whether it's you know content marketing but we do have different approaches and everybody does it's you know, everybody's different. So yeah, yeah. Than our own experience. I mean, even in my super tight peer group where we're all, you know, at the top of the HubSpot partner ecosystem and we're literally competing against each other all day, every day, you can still have that mindset. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. So what are some new initiatives and projects that you guys are working on? Um, I mean, it sounds like you're doing great with growth. So what's on, what's next in the horizon? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think there's a couple of, of, of what I would call just like uh, trends within the digital space that we continue to invest heavily in. Um, but sort of more on the boring side is we've just been working really, really hard to level up and, <laughs> okay. and, and get to the next level because we've grown so quickly. We're literally trying to slow down our growth and do the right things so that we can be positioned to get to the next level. And a lot of that just comes down to serving larger clients with larger, more complex needs. And 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 what we've done successfully in, in, in recent years has grown our capabilities really, really widely. And so a lot of this is, is very much just a double down in some of those channels that that are, are really bearing fruit and, and really proving to be valuable. So we're investing heavily into our multimedia department. Um, we're investing heavily into conversational marketing and other technology platforms like Drift. Um, we're investing heavily into e-commerce. We've found a lot of traction, a lot of success in that space. So, so just deeper investments into already established channels um, and, and, and areas, of, areas of strength that, that we think we've got opportunity for. Very cool. So last question is, what is your prediction for the industry? And it could be anything. I mean, it could be AI, it could be um, flying cars. I mean, what do you think is what's coming next? Yeah, I, uh, I think there's, there's this large list of companies that have basically come from nowhere in the business world and disrupted and overthrown 
very well established. Are you talking about like an Uber? I'm talking about Lyft, uh, Purple Mattresses, another perfect example. So there's this very seamless, very customer centric uh, approach to doing everything you do from a business model. And it's basically a massive job of how do we reduce all the friction? You know, like for me going to the mattress store and wasting half of my Saturday, um, I have a purple mattress and I have a purple mattress because they made it super easy for me to buy with them off of Instagram. I literally bought a bed on Instagram. It showed up at my house. I unrolled it and put it on the mattress. I'm like, yeah, glorious. Right. <laughs> so there, that, that, there's a long list of those. I think there's like 30 or 40 of them. They're over a billion dollars and sales and have totally destroyed uh, old business models because those old business models didn't really serve the customer. So what I see in the future is more of companies really, really getting sophisticated um, and intentional about developing an entire customer experience that continually looks to reduce friction and break down barriers and make it easier and easier and easier for the customer to hire you and fire you like really serve them. Um, and I think, I think that's the trend. I think total customer experience is where all this stuff's going. That's where other areas that are really emerging, like video, video isn't always, always about a commercial and an advertisement trying to sell people something. Video is a great way to train and educate beyond the sale. It's a great way to provide resources that actually get used. Like there's all kinds of applications for stuff like that. Stuff like chatbots. to your point, like AI is not exactly where I think things are going machine learning and stuff like that certainly plays in to a lot of the software that we believe in. Um, but I think it's bigger than that. It's about taking AI and machine learning and applying it to a chat bot to be able to have a very seamless, slick, easy conversation with a website visitor to help them find exactly what they're looking for as easy as possible. And that's serving, that's AI serving the purpose is connecting customers with companies, right? And so you gotta be able to use those tools and capabilities to go where people are <laughs> physically, whether they're on Instagram or Twitter or, or email or the Hill reading, and, and you've got to be able to serve them the way they expect to be treated, right? Like it's not necessarily even golden rule anymore because I think there's a lot of um, uh, people in suits and gray hair saying this is the way I wanna be treated with a total misinterpretation about how today's consumers and how millennials and you know what I mean, everybody's interacting, that's how they wanna be treated. So you gotta go where they are and I think that's the trend. Interesting. So it sounds like the it sounds like the trend is we're all going to be out of a job because bots are going to take over. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's interesting because I think that is the big fear, but I, I I don't think that at all because I think you still need you still need strategy and execution Absolutely. beyond that stuff, and none of that stuff builds itself. And and I I think of it say say you're a salesperson. I'm a salesperson, and right now people go to the website and they fill out a form. That form notifies me. And I email you, right? We'll role play through this. And I say, hey, Gene, so you filled out a form. I want a free consultation. Let's set up a time. How about Tuesday? I've got these windows, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? I go way out my windows. You reply back, say, oh, none of those work for me. Give me another time, right? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. How much time is going by and how much effort on both people to get that meeting set? That's why I use Calendly. Okay, that's part of it. So what I would do is put a bot in front of that and I'd put a chat bot there. It says, hey, Gene, how would you like, would you like to schedule your own meeting? Would you like to be called? Like, what's your preference? I say, oh, I'll schedule my own meeting. You could have popped up my calendar. You could have went in and picked the exact date and time that worked for you. You would have got your uh, meeting response and me, the sales guy, would have had an invite pop into my box instead of that form. 
So think about how much faster that is, how le much less friction that is. That's not replacing the salesperson. That's serving the salesperson. And that's not replacing the customer. That's service, serving the customer, right? So now everything, that whole transaction was just done much more seamlessly. And now me as a salesperson get to focus on stuff that I actually want to do, like talking with the prospect versus CRM input and follow-up. And oh, I got to get this in my spreadsheet <laughs> and I got to get some notes in there because my manager is going to be asking me questions about this. And if I don't get this many leads into the spreadsheet, I'm going to be in trouble. Now you get to totally redirect that into active selling time. So that's empowering people, not replacing them. That's that's what I see the future of AI. For, for now, this is a very seamless trans, you know, transition where the salesperson is just, you know, the bot is scheduling stuff, but maybe in the future, you know, the bot's going to be talking to people and prospecting and doing more and more and more. Some some of that some of that future is <laughs> some of that future is already upon us. I, I know. Yeah. So eventually, this bot's going to be actually making the sale, and so no, sure. I'm, I'm just thinking way into the future. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, we'll see. Um, but until then, I think it's, it's, it's our opportunity to embrace that stuff and, and operate on the cutting edge and, and try to really inform our clients and prospects on what's possible so they can make the decision that's, that's right for them. Right. And then we absolutely. can go help them engineer the strategy that they think is right for their business. It's all that stuff isn't right for everyone. We have very successful growth clients that don't want to touch a chat bot because they think it's too impersonal. Right. And so if a form is still more personal than a than a bot no problem there's other ways uh, to do it right i don't know for form versus chatbot i mean i yeah, think it's kind so, of a joke i right? think they're like, both impersonal if a form is in, <laughs> if a form is more personal than a bot i'm confused yeah um, absolutely there's but, I, a, but that's almost to your point there is still no replacement for human touch i think what happens is is buyers have de different expectations of what they want salespeople to do and when they want salespeople to engage and i think to your point people want to be able to self-educate they want to be able to put the information together of objectively before they go to a salesperson, right? Like they don't want to be fed a PowerPoint deck when they can research all that stuff online. So share openly with them, try to be objective and be professional with all that stuff. And I think you'll find that in the net, your salespeople will do less time pitching and more time selling. More time connecting. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> ideally, uh, it can't be totally transactional to your point. Like there's still some, some time for some human touch. Absolutely. Well, great. Thank you so much for being here, Eric Pratt, um, Revenue River. Congratulations on all of the awards, the Denver Business Journal Fast 50, the Inc. 5000. Um, sounds like you have a lot of awesome stuff going on and lots of awesome, amazing things, I'm sure, in 2020. Yeah, thank you as well. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. I certainly enjoyed our time together. And and I know uh, those congratulations are mutual because we're <laughs> we're, we're winning and competing for yes. all those same awards. So it sounds <laughs> like uh, may, maybe a, a topic of discussion for our mastermind group is, uh, you know, to me, the, all of that third party affirmation is really, really valuable, right? Like I, we, I agree. Um, I think that recognition gives us maybe both more of a vehicle to talk about the things that inspire us and and hopefully sharing give back a little bit right absolutely thank you so much thank you thank you all see you <laughs>